I feel so safe up here not having the choir behind me. And I see them in front and I know what they're up to. I wrestled most of the week with the first verse of this John passage. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I think the interpretation of that depends on how we understand love. And I've come up with three understandings. We can understand love as conditional. We can understand love as obedience. Or we can understand love as intimacy. The first two I do not think Jesus had in mind. But since they are uh, so common in at least my experience and in my behavior, I want to talk about them. I believe that Jesus was really talking about love as intimacy. And we'll get to that toward the end. So you know there are basically three points here. Um, love as condition. If, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If is conditional, isn't it? Um, there's an implication here. You know, if you love me, you will do what I want. And then the implication is, and I will love you. So there's kind of a quid pro quo. You do something, I will love you. There's a, um, there's a tendency then for love to become manipulative, ex exploitative. Um, I do this for you, you do this for me. I don't do this. You don't do that. Um, what is the commandment here if love is this kind of exploitation and getting what we want out of the other person? Well, the, the commandment can be whimsical. It can be what the other person wants. Um, if you love me, you will get me a car. If you love me, you will get me a new ring. If you love me, uh, you'll take me on a cruise. You didn't do that, so you don't love me. Sometimes love is this kind of bargaining. Bargaining. Now, do we feel at home in this kind of love that we have to earn? This kind of love that is a reward? No, I don't think so. Because we're always on edge of earning, losing that person's love. And so we don't feel at home. We feel kind of orphaned. So when Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned, he couldn't be talking about a type of love that actually makes us feel unloved. When I think about my relationship with Susan, you know, if it were based on, if you do this, you will love me, there's a lot of times I guess she doesn't love me. Yeah. And there's a lot of times I, I don't love her. And we wouldn't feel at home if this were our understanding of love. Then there's love as obedience. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, there's a certain degree of truth to that. If I love Susan, I will know what she wants. I will have paid attention to her. Obedience comes from the word ob audio, which means to hear. 
We listen to the other person. And if I love Susan, I listen to her and know what she wants, and I will do that, right? Well, sometimes. You know, there are times I'll love Susan, and I'll listen to her, but I really don't like what she wants me to do, and so I'll reframe it. You know, there was the time she wanted me to dig out a tree stump in the backyard on a 90-degree day. And I thought, you know, what she really wants me to do is go inside in the air-conditioned house and iron. That's what she really wants me to do. So I kind of reframed, reframed my listening on that. So what is, what is the commandment if love is obedience? Well, the commandment with Jesus is, you know, we can, we can take everything Jesus said and make it into a command, can't we? Jesus commands us to go the second mile. Jesus commands us to go to turn the other cheek. Jesus commands us. Uh, if somebody asks for our shirt to give him our coat as well. Jesus commands a lot of stuff. Now, when the relationship is that, do I feel at home? Do I have this sense of not being orphaned? Do I have that sense of connection? Maybe, but maybe not. I think when a relationship is based on obedience, there can be a spin-off of fear that I'm not doing what the other wants me to do. There can be a spin-off of guilt that I'm not doing what the other wants me to do. And I can develop an attitude of I'm the servant or the slave and the other person is the master. Is that a healthy relationship? Is that what love is? Just doing what the other person wants. Martin Luther uh, said that when he was a monk, he was the best monk ever because he, he obeyed all the rules and all the regulations. He did everything they expected of him. And then in his writings he says, and did I love God? No. I hated God. I hated God. I lived in total fear of God. And that's what love as obedience can do. There isn't a sense of connection, and there's not a sense of being at home. There's no belonging. Then there's love as intimacy. Buried in this passage... Jesus says, those who abide in me. Abide. Stay. Remain. Take the time. Create the space. Those who abide in me. Those who kind of sit down and take the time. Jesus says, I will be in you and you will be in me and I will be in the Father and the Father will be in me. There's all this intimacy talk. When one takes the time 
when one creates the space for the other person. One is vulnerable, one takes a risk, one opens up one's life. You know, it's so much easier to obey a command than it is to create space for somebody. It's so much easier to give money and be done with it. It's so much easier to give advice and be done with it than to sit with somebody and take the time to be with them. But that's what intimacy is. It's this oneness. It's this mutuality. It is a connectedness. It is a belonging. When I was in college, I did my student teaching in the slums of Jersey City, New Jersey. And those of us who were on this project, there were about 20 of us, we lived in a tenement. And in the tenement, um, a Roman Catholic priest uh, lived. Ed had a ministry at a shelter for um, prostitutes and drug addicts and homeless persons. The next semester, when we were all back at college, one weekend, um, we just decided to jump in a car and drive to New York City, across the river from, from uh, Jersey City. <laughs> halfway down, it was a five-hour trip, halfway down it dawned on us that we didn't have a place to stay that night. And uh, we said, well, we'll just go to Jersey City and stay with Ed. Ed will take us in, good old Ed. And um, we got there, and Ed said, yeah, you can stay with me. And I'm so glad you guys came. He said, we're having um, a potluck dinner at the, at the shelter tonight. And I'd really like for you guys to come and, and, and be present so that the people in the shelter will know that they're accepted. And we said, Ed, we can't make it. We're going to go party in New York tonight. And I, feeling guilt, gave Ed $10, which was quite a bit of money in the 70s. And I said, here, Ed, uh, give this to the shelter. And he said, John, I don't want your money. I want you there at the shelter. <laughs> I went. I went. And I learned about love as intimacy and love as vulnerability and love as risk, where I initially was not comfortable. but I learned about being accepted and loved in the mutuality and the oneness. Another way to kind of understand love as intimacy is to talk about love as care. You know, I don't care. I couldn't care less. That's indifference. But to say I care means my heart is in it. It interests me that one could do the same action out of each of the three kinds of love. 
I could cut the grass for Susan because I want her to love me. I could cut the grass for Susan because I feel guilty if I don't. Or I could cut the grass for Susan because there's a oneness and there's an understanding that we have where her joy is my joy and my joy is her joy and when she hurts, I hurt. We can love God so that God will love us. And we can love God because we're afraid of God and feel guilty. Or we could love God because God is in us and we are in God. There's a spirit in this intimacy. There's a spirit of freedom and truth that connects us and makes all the difference in what love is and our relationships are. Now in this passage in John, Jesus, whenever he says you, it's plural. It's the plural you. It's never the singular. It's never just me and Jesus. It's Jesus and us when he says you. And I think as he says this farewell discourse to his disciples, I think he's talking about the future of the church. And the church can have three different understandings of love. A church can understand love as conditional. And some churches do understand it that way. If you love God, you will do certain things so God will love you. If you love God, you will give half your income to the church so we can build a magnificent cathedral. If you love God, you will dress and act a certain way or God won't love you. Another way a church can act is in obedience. If you love God, you will keep the rules. You will keep the regulations. Otherwise, you're guilty and you'll fear God. Another way one could understand a church is in terms of intimacy. Creating space, creating time for God and the other person, making oneself vulnerable, making oneself open in oneness. We can have three motivations for loving our neighbor. But we love our neighbor as the church that Christ wanted when we create time and space to be with them. And then we experience the intimacy with God in our lives. May it be so. Amen.